You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to the Scoop Podcast on the Inside Carolina Podcast Network, brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. Welcome in to The Scoop, of course, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka, a very special episode of The Scoop. We have a stacked lineup of things to talk to, some uh, to talk about. We have a lot of uh, recruiting updates, and of course, we're getting to some team scoop as well. Don, how's it going? It is wonderful. There's lots of sports on TV, including the Flyers on Friday night. How's, how's, the, how's life in uh, Ross's world? Good man, it's busy. It was in Charlotte uh, yesterday. We're recording on Wednesday. Was in Charlotte for ACC Media Day. Got basically football, basketball, pure crossover. Now we got late night what? with Hubert Davis on Friday, and so we're getting a lot of preview stuff for basketball. But we're in the midst of uh, UNC's three and three 2021 season. So I know that your, I guess, responsibilities for the football season have changed this season. What what? What's going on with basketball? Is it still the same? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I probably won't be going to as many games because we have Gregory, too, so we'll split some coverage. But expect to go to a good amount of games. And basketball's always fun to cover. Get new players a lot, lot more often because players leave so much. A lot of player movement. But all right, Don, let's get into it. Here's what we think we're going to be talking about. Um, I actually read both your scoops this morning. Took some time. We are going to – let's see here. Oh, man. Okay. So the big thing is Zach Rice. I mean, outside of uh, Travis Shaw, Zach Rice is the most mentioned recruit on this podcast. So his decision date is coming on October 21st, which is next Thursday, I believe. Um, Yeah, almost a week from today. So we're talking about Zach Rice a lot. We're also talking about Andre Green coming off a visit to UNC uh, two weeks ago for the um, Duke game. And then we're getting some other, uh, you know, 2022 recruit recruiting developments of note we're going to do a big section on unc's team the season has taken a trajectory that we did not expect unc's three and three and so as we talk more and more about this team and stuff uh, don and i are going to discuss that and then we're going to go through the top five which is top five game day traditions rituals things you do on game day sound good don sounds wonderful okay and then, of course, if you have life questions for Don and I, email those to me at rossmmartin at gmail.com or DM me on Inside Carolina. Life questions, not necessarily us as experts, but we will approach any sort of topic and discuss it and answer any questions and just have a, a good discussion. We did one a couple of weeks ago that I think went over pretty well. All right, Don, Zach Rice, five-star uh, offensive tackle, the number one offensive tackle in the nation. He's down to... Uh, a number of schools. We think it's down to UNC and Virginia. The floor is yours to kind of talk about where Zach Rice's recruitment stands right now. Yeah, so his official list of finalists are Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, North Carolina, and Virginia. We think just because of 
I guess proximity, you know, he wants to stay close to his mom, although he has kind of downplayed that a little bit, but also it has given these close schools an advantage because he has visited them multiple times that this is down to UNC and UVA and UVA also is the school where his grandfather played football. He's going to announce his collegiate decision, as you mentioned, on the 21st, which is, uh, I guess, depending on when you're listening, it's about a week away, roughly. Um, yeah, I mean, in North Carolina is in the thick of it, battling basically, you know, UVA, who, who is uh, kind of, this is on UVA's turf, obviously. You read the weekly scoop. We don't want to give away a whole lot from the weekly scoop because, you know, paying subscribers pay a lot of money to read the weekly scoop. But um, what... Where you from reading that? Where, where do you think he's leaning or are going to go? I think he's leaning towards Virginia. Okay, why is that? Well, I mean, I read your weekly scoop and <laughs> his, all his connections to Virginia with his family being from Virginia, his grandfather playing there, his mom pushing for Virginia, and the fact that he has a great connection with that offensive line coach at Virginia. There's just too many things to. Um, that, that make Virginia the choice. I've also reached out to some sources. Uh oh. And, and uh, one source said that he is also hearing Virginia more than more than any other school. Um, so that's what I think. What I, all right. So I have two questions. I know I am supposedly the recruiting expert, but I have some questions for you on this. Okay. What do you make of Dion Glover's involvement in the actual announcement and how it might? I guess affect well, UNC chances. What's his involvement? And this so, is Tony Grimes' dad, Deion Glover, yeah, coach so we, in the area, and a three-time scoop podcast guest. I think he has been three times. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so um, as I mentioned in the scoop, he is going to be he he is helping, and I don't know what degree to what degree. I think at least from the standpoint of kind of setting Zach up with. Um, different you know, the, the companies that, that stream it which is cbs hq mm -hmm. and they i think they're streamed grimes is yes they stream grimes and, th and that's where this kind of kind of comes from is is from when they when cbs hq streamed grimes and then also um glover served in the same sort of capacity for um george Petaway's mm -hmm. announcement which obviously went north carolina's way uh, another cbs hq which is our parent company so we like when they when they use it so anyway so what what do you do you see that tipping the scales at all for North Carolina? Why don't you stop asking me and you answer the question? I just want to know what you're what, what you're thinking. You on. tell me. You're the expert, man. I, I don't. You know, I haven't read anything on Zach Rice until 15 minutes ago. So you tell me what you think. I mean, obviously, it's going to have some sort of okay. impact. I I'm curious as you are as to how much. You know, some of it is. Um, you know, do. Is this truly a decision that's just between Zach and his mom? And that's going to be the key. And if they decide, hey, we're going to keep all outside voices out of this. Um, and so I don't know the answer, to be honest. Um, I got another question for you. Has anything leaked on his thing, on his recruitment? As far as I know. Everybody I've spoken to, and you know, Steve Wilfong is the best ever at getting these these scoops on commitments beforehand nationwide mm -hmm. um does an unbelievable job with it is he better than and the godfather of rivals i don't know what the godfather rivals actually really does to you know be honest is? with you i do know who that is i know you know i don't know him i know of him you know we've Continue. been at different events together and all that sort of stuff. anyway 
Um, that that title bothers me because I feel like the true godfather recruiting is Tom Lemming, but whatever. Okay. All right. So you ready for my next question? Yeah. All right. What if I told you now, now Zach's announcing on October 21st, right? Okay. What if I told you that is the birthday of uh, is it Garrett 2J, the offensive line coach at UVA? Jeez. Yeah, that's another sign towards Virginia. So Birth, great birthday gift. So just for a little background, pull this guy. We um, kind of saw the rumors on this, and I could not for the life of me find out when this guy's birthday was. I looked mm-hmm. in media guides on UVA, media guides on um, uh, from BYU, scour the internet, couldn't find anything. But we have one of the best researchers out there, Michelle, mm-hmm. who she dipped into her. Um, well, I'm sure for her it's nothing. But she dipped into her strengths, and uh, she was able to pull out that October 21st is, is 2J's birthday. That's wild. When, when it actually got confirmed that that was it, because I thought maybe it was just you know, BS or whatever. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. And, I, and what's your take? Yeah, I mean, that's just another – that's one more thing. That's pretty crazy. be quite the coincidence. I mean, of all the days you could pick in October – in November and December, you pick his birthday. Is, uh, there a chan- is there a chance he doesn't know what his birthday is? I don't know what your birthday is. That's true. We're best friends. This guy's an interesting-looking guy. I mean, he looks like a football guy. He's got power goatee. He's got a very, like, angry head. Yeah, he has a head. strong strong jaw. Yeah, massive, like, jaw, like, chin, slick back hair. Interesting last name, too. Do you know the, the background of that last name? I do not. Yeah. Two you got to look that up. Okay, so anything else on Zach Rice? I mean, you, he's been at UNC multiple – let's kind of move this along here. He's been at UNC multiple times. He visited – was it for the – was it Duke game? No, a visit for the UVA game. Virginia game. That was, when, that was the last time he was on campus. He was posting tons of photos of him on UNC. He was asking for people to send him photos of him at UNC. He's been there multiple times in the summer. I mean, he's also been to Virginia a lot too, and he's been to all the big schools as well, like the big power schools, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Alabama. He's a big social media guy. Zach Rice, the number one offensive tackle in the country. Five-star offensive tackle is announcing next Thursday, October 21st. Any closing words, Don? I mean, we won't won't have a podcast unless he commits to UNC. We won't have a podcast until the week following his commitment. Yeah, so one thing, there's like a weird sort of delay with your video and your audio, just to let you know. I don't know if that matters, but um, so, so all the other schools outside of UNC and UVA, he has not visited since June because yeah. it's, it's harder for him to do. I've reached out to writers and others connected to those programs, and it's it's kind of all the same thing where those schools definitely want them, they're recruiting them, but just feel like they're too far behind. Um, so I'll just kind of leave that. But you know, this I think this is a kid who could be a little bit unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Interesting. What's your final pick right now? I think you just got to wait until I, I put Come that on. on. No, I got I gotta save that for the inside Jeez. inside Carolina subscribers on the premium message board. That's where you'll see my pick. Okay. All right, moving along. Andre Green, he visited for the Duke game um, and actually met him and his dad with Deion Glover. But you did a big update on him and his recruitment in last week's weekly scoop. What can you tell us about his recruitment right now? This is Andre Green, the four-star wide receiver from Richmond. Virginia 
uh, and he's UNC's primary wide receiver target in the 2022 class. Yeah, so the, the main thing is is that he's essentially down to three schools, North Carolina, Georgia, and Clemson. The main thing keeping Georgia involved is the fact that they're having an unbelievable season. I mean, they've got to be, I haven't checked, but they've got to be the, the odds-on favor to uh, win the national championship right now with the way they're playing, particularly their defense. Um, but he hasn't been there... I think since the, since the summer, I think probably since June, um, you know, he visited North Carolina at, you know, for the, I guess, what, what game was that? You would Duke know since you were there. Duke, Duke game. game. Okay. So he visited for the, for the Duke game and he has an official visit scheduled with Clemson. So he took all the rest of his official visits in June, which included North Carolina and Georgia, mm-hmm. Oregon, which, and they're out of it also. So that official visit is occurring on, I believe it's November 12th. Yes. And was that? Yes. Okay. And then shortly after that, he's going to set up an announcement and make his decision. You know, it it just, to me, you know, giving Clemson that last at bat. And then also he hasn't been in front of Mac Brown at that point, he wouldn't have been in front of Mac Brown for almost two months. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem good for North Carolina. And also what is North Carolina doing on the football field? They're, well, they're three and three. Clemson's not much better. Yeah, but it's a little bit different. Yes. You're, yeah, like- and, and that's what – and so here's the thing, too, because we get into this whole, like, oh, do, do wins and losses matter? For the most part, they don't. There are exceptions. Um, but I think in this instance, from what I've been told, is that Clemson's doing bad, but Clemson has a bunch of seasons prior to this season yeah. where they've done really well. They're an established, proven program that's exactly. been to the cultural playoff multiple years in a row. And they're replacing a lot of guys, including a quarterback, and they're pitching that to him. And, it, it, you know, with North Carolina, Mac Brown has been pitching, okay, we're on the rise. When you're three and three, are you still on the rise? Are you, are you is this, are you, you kind of heading downhill a little bit? I mean, mm-hmm. we'll get into this a little bit more with the team, the team um, scoop stuff, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's, yeah, it hurts North Carolina more when Clemson and North Carolina both aren't doing well. Yeah, so it seems like it's going to come down to that Clemson official visit if that takes place on November 12th and a decision, yeah. decision shortly after that. Yeah, and so the key with that is that he, his high school plays the rest of their games, rest of the regular season games on Saturdays. That mm-hmm. week is the first week of their playoffs. There's a chance that they could have a first round bye or that they could play on a Friday. They won't know until maybe the week of. But um, I think if they go undefeated, then there's a pretty good chance that they'll get the buy and everything will be fine with that Clemson official visit. His dad is on the record as saying that if they don't take that official visit, he can't see how his son chooses Clemson. People change their mind a lot of different things in recruiting. But obviously, if that doesn't happen, that, that, that official visit doesn't happen, then that's a good sign or good, um, good for North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I, I to, you met the greens in person what uh what you guys talk about what, what were they like we didn't we didn't talk that much uh you know and I, we know that mr green listens to this podcast yeah it was just a brief hello hey i'm ross we had the connection that he listens to the podcast and i welcomed in the chapel hill and the unc and just checked in on him i was i came and sat next to Dion glover for about five minutes before i actually left the game to go record the post-game show so it was a brief hello, hi, and then uh, and left. Make sure everything was good. Did and- you 
did you spot him or did he spot you or did Glover kind of connect each other? I spotted Andre Green through his haircut. Because <laughs> I was sitting like uh, on that side of the of the field, but like way up in like a different a different section. And then I saw, um, I guess while we were where the parents sit. So then I saw Coach Glover. And so I thought I'd go, because I don't think I'd met Coach Glover in person, honestly. You know, he seems like such a buddy because he's on podcast yeah. so much. But I don't think I'd met him in person. So I went and met him in person and said hello to the greens, which is great. Um, it seems you like also, that. You also met Preston from Greensboro. Yeah. Maybe we get into that later. We'll tease meeting Preston. And okay. Greensboro. All right. That sounds so good. It seems like that official visit weekend is a big one for Clemson, too, with their quarterback yeah. and some other big commitments. One of their two big official week, uh, visit weekends for number 12. So that's huge. So all eyes on that. The decision coming shortly after for four star wide receiver Andre Green. So we talked about Zach Rice, Andre Green. There's a couple other um, UNC targets we may mention after we get back from this ad read. I want to talk to you now about Blue Shark Vodka. It's UNC's podcast and post-game live show sponsor, um, the only vodka that sponsors this podcast and the post-game live show. Guys, the post-game live show airs five minutes after every UNC game on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So check out those channels. Blue Shark Vodka is the smoothest vodka in the world. It's uh, They partnered with Connor Barth, the famous UNC kicker. He has an investment stake in the, the vodka company. They're local. They're based out of Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. Um, they're available in all 100 counties. So when you're supporting them, you're supporting a local company, not a corporation. You're supporting guys like Connor and the community around Wrightsville, and you're also supporting Inside Carolina. So go pick up a bottle. It comes in this. Nice shark bottle, Don. See that? I like it. it. Comes in a half gallon, of course, in a more like uh, standard fifth. Very smooth, uh, made with sweet North Carolina corn, and um, it's been mellowed for 28 days. It's when are they going to send me some? Uh, we'll have to get you some. A lot of people requested bottles from me, but you go out and get some. It's it's very accessible price point, and it's available in all 100 counties. You, you, you should be able to go I probably out and should. get it. There's a baby um, store right around the corner. There you go. Go pick it up. Uh, I like it with a little, you know, a little seltzer water, a little fruit juice, a little lime wedge, easy, simple, refreshing blue shark vodka. I want to thank them for sponsoring this podcast and sponsoring Inside the Carolina Post Game Live with myself and Sean Drone. Also, want to talk to you quickly about Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com. There are apparel sponsor for Inside Carolina. They have late night shirts on there. They have basketball shirts, football jerseys. They have a UNC tie. They have sweatshirts, hats, anything you need. It's related to UNC. Head to Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com on Franklin Street and online. Remember, all Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their order with the promo code found on the Tar Pit and the UNC basketball message boards on Inside Carolina. Support Johnny T-shirt. Support Inside Carolina by shopping at Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. A couple of national ads, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back into the scoop brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and, of course, Blue Shark Vodka. 
We're going to get into a little more recruiting stuff. We'll see what Don's willing to talk about. We're going to get into <laughs> um, some UNC team stuff before we get out here with our top five. Don, um, what do you want to talk about? I know there's some defensive backs. There's a big visit weekend coming up, you know? Yes. Let's prep our readers. This is one of the, I would say, the biggest visit weekend for UNC so far this season. What can you mm-hmm. tell us about who's visiting uh, and, and what's going on for the Miami game this weekend in Chapel Hill? So as is always the case, you know, the week of you're still kind of um, sorry about that. Um, the week of you're you're still try, you're still kind of finalizing who's actually going to be there right now. My preliminary list, I have some guys trying to get back to me and everything. A lot of top 20, 23 targets uh, that are um, obviously high on UNC's wish list. And there could be a couple of DBs from the 2022 class that UNC has been kind of flirting with. A lot of this, though, we cover it, talk in depth about in the weekly scoop. We'll have updates once we can kind of confirm things later on the week. What would you say if I said the Scoop podcast is just an advertisement for the weekly scoop? Um, I don't know what I would say. I mean, that, that's is that a bad thing? I don't think anyone has complained. And we have we we do other things. We have fun. You know, we talk about Preston. Okay. All right, know. what's going on, with Wesley Grimes? Wesley that's a new Grimes. Name. That's a new name to me. We're a recruiting podcast. I would not be doing my <laughs> journalistic uh, right if I didn't talk about a name, a new name that's mentioned. Well, Wesley Grimes is a guy who is a wide receiver um, who's having a really good senior season, had a really good junior season. Uh, he's committed to Wake Forest. Ugh. NC State was involved with him heavily, but he chose, even though he's visited NC State countless times, he chose Wake Forest primarily because of his thoughts on the academics of both schools. And, um, you know, he's a guy who's always been on North Carolina's radar. He came to in June for an individual workout to UNC. And, you know, right now there's not anything truly brewing between with him and North Carolina. But I mean, I think he's a name that we can kind of just stash away for the moment. Just, you know, later on to see what, what could potentially happen. Okay, Wesley Grimes, Wake Forest commitment on UNC's radar. There's a couple other names that are visiting this weekend. I'm not saying Wesley Grimes is visiting, but there's some DBs that are visiting, some other players that are visiting. A big recruitment weekend for UNC, the Miami gang with 3.30 kickoff in Chapel Hill. All we'll right. have an official list later on in the week. Like for we always subscribers, have. right? For subscribers? For, for subscribers. Okay, since you mentioned it twice, let's talk about meeting Preston. <laughs> like i don't even know if people know who he is so i don't know we don't, we don't even make well, a so deal about it is is he related to you no i've never met the guy okay. so he he comments a lot on our top five and he is an active listener to the podcast he saw me met me he bought me a beer at the game and he said he's no longer gonna make any mom jokes uh <laughs> in his submissions did, to the podcast was that at your request no he brought it up himself very nice guy well, so, the other thing, he came through for me tremendously, and I really wish I would have mentioned this in the prior podcast, but uh, as you know, and I, I think I mentioned in the podcast, that's how I knew, I had to make, I had to make that long trek from our office to, um, to the Keenan Football Center for, yeah. uh, for work purposes. He reached out to me and said, hey, I have an extra parking pass. So pretty He's clutch on his fan. part. Yeah, yep. it was great meeting Preston. He's a valued listener. 
Uh, and I appreciate the beer and um, nice to meet Preston. All right, let's talk about the UNC team. Guys, it's the dark days right now. <laughs> UNC is 3-3 three three after falling to Florida State, 35-25. to 25. That comes uh, a week after, or I guess two weeks after, depending on how you approach it, a loss to Georgia Tech on the road. And then before that, a loss to Virginia Tech. So UNC has gone one win, uh, one loss, two wins, one, one loss, one win, one loss. They now have Miami, a big game before the bye week in Notre Dame. Don, you've watched them play. What do you think of this team right now? Um, I don't know what to make of the defense as far as, like, what's going on. Why is it not – I mean, besides missed tackles and all that sort of stuff – I don't, I don't know what to make of the defense. The offense, I think, looking at it now, it makes sense. You know, you don't have the running game. You don't have the deep threats. And as a result, I feel like Sam Howe doesn't trust anyone except for Josh Downs. And the Sam I see on Saturdays is the same Sam I saw in high school where he constantly felt like he had to put his team on his shoulders in high school. He had Gavin Blackwell, who could bail him out, who was the only one he really trusted. But um, he did a lot of running. He did a lot of kind of willing his team down the field. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I see him doing that now for North Carolina. And it's not producing, I guess, the wins that we, we thought. What, what's going on with the defense? Yeah, I was going to chime in there. I don't know. I was having a conversation with someone. I mean, the number of people I talked to about UNC football is a lot. But – just wondering, like, why is it not better? Because just on paper, you'd think it had to get better because all you lost was Chaz Surratt, and Chaz Surratt's great. But everyone else is a year older or a year improved. you got Miles Murphy kind of breaking out. You, you would expect the guys like Desmond Evans and Cayman Rucker are better. You have deeper defensive line. Um, you know, you think Tony Grimes and Kyle Michael are better. Everyone should be a year better. And mm -hmm. I just think there's a lot of communication issues and tackling issues and maybe some schematic stuff that is plaguing the defense. It's really confusing because they played really well against Duke. Obviously, um, Florida State a lot better than Duke, it seems now. Uh, and they always struggle with running quarterbacks, and they've never, had, they've never had an answer for that. And I think there's definitely some things you need to do to fix that because it still becomes an issue. Jay Bateman didn't seem as concerned as maybe some fans are. He says more of a, you know, there's tackling. When you miss a tackle, it really – it, it really hurts and makes a, a, what could have been a, maybe a five-yard gain into a 15, 20-yard gain. So that's how explosive plays happen when you um, you miss a tackle and, and the leverage isn't there and then they're off to the races. So um, I hope the leadership wins out with, with Gimmel and some of the linebackers to, to get the tackling together. But uh, it's it's confusing. You just can't have – it's a very frustrating for UNC fans to see if a team like Florida State keep getting first downs, keep moving the ball down, and get explosive plays after explosive plays. Um, but in general, man, I mean, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the offense. I think um, they're really missing Javante and Michael. The offensive line does not look as good as it did last year because I think Michael and Javante made them look better. They're really missing Yami Brown. I think it completely yeah. changes the offense when you have a player who can get behind the defense on every, almost every possession, gets five-yard separation, and it just changes how the safeties play. It changes how the linebackers play, and it opens up a lot of other receivers. Um and I think that is affecting how other players get open. I think the talent at wide receiver in general is not open, is just not there. There's not much separation for anybody not named Josh Downs. And you have a couple of drops from, from Coffrey Brown. Choffrey Brown. How do you say his name? Choffrey. Choffrey. Everybody says it's different. Choffrey yeah. Brown. 
Um, and so, yeah, it's frustrating. I think if they would have beat Florida State, they could have got things going. But that was a, a very bad loss, um, you know, just as bad as Georgia Tech. Yeah, so I – prior to the Florida State game, I wasn't too worried about the defense because I felt like, like in the Georgia Tech game, for example – that the offense really kind of put the defense in really bad positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going for and fourth down and not getting it and, and turnovers and that sort of thing. And so it looks bad, obviously, when you allow points, but when you have a short field, you know, the, the room for mistakes is, is very, very small. Florida State game was a little bit different and the missed tackles and all that. Here's the thing, though, with Florida State is that they – had a lot of injuries, particularly on their, their offensive line early on. And those guys are now healthy. And so I think the team that we think of that lost to Jackson uh, state or is it Jackson state or Jacksonville state, Jacksonville state, Jacksonville state um, is a different team than it is now. Also, they've figured out their, their quarterback situation, obviously. Um, and, you yeah, know, I, think so I don't, I think they were better than 17.5 dogs. Yeah. Uh, Cause they were close against Notre Dame. They beat Syracuse. Yeah. So obviously they were, they're close against Jacksonville State. They beat them. They were close to other games, and the talent's there. So you would think they're gonna they're gonna get better and better with the talent they have. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not such a a huge. I don't know. I, think I don't think th- it's as big of a disappointment. But go ahead. I think another thing is is obviously they're super overhyped, and I'm at fault for that. I think the way we kind of set the narrative at Inside Carolina, we overhyped them, but we were buying into kind of you, know, you have this great quarterback. Um, yeah, returning all five offensive linemen, that was a mistake. The offensive line did not improve or get better. The talent's just not there. So getting back five players who are average or or whatever. Well, that's that why the really whole, hard. like, return uh, numbers is always misleading because if you return – I'm not saying this is the case with UNC, but just take any team. If they return five players, if those fly, five players are crappy, it, it really doesn't matter. It's almost better to not return them. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about Mac because you kind of sort of alluded to it. Mac Brown's comments about after the game, kind of sort of almost blaming the media. Yeah, that was just a joke. I didn't, I didn't read too much. Of Did that. you think was, he it, seemed, he seemed pretty serious about it. No, he smiled at the end. It wasn't a lot of people took that out of context. I don't think it was the right time to make a joke and, and everything sounds worse when you're losing. Yeah. Um. So you just can't, it's not the time and place to make those jokes. I wasn't on the, um, on the post game show. I wasn't on the post game press conference because I'm doing the live show with, with Sean. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just you can't make those kind of jokes. You can't be lighthearted. He's just anything you say when you're losing doesn't sound good. It all sounds great when you're winning. When you're losing, um, you just can't joke around as much and get away with saying things like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was just saying, like, we're just, we weren't supposed to be ranked that high. But, I mean, I feel like Mac fuels the hype, too. Like, yeah. Oh, he I mean, definitely All did. season he talks about how great they are. And, you know, and also I think in preseason, kind of inside the media here, like, in the preseason offseason, all you hear is positives. Like, no one's mm-hmm. talking – no one's saying bad things about the team unless you get a, a source off the record who's within the program to tell you something that he is concerned about, which, you know, it's hard to get that kind of access. But when you talk to the, the coaches and the players on record on these Zoom press conferences, there's going to be positive, and they're going to compliment each other, compliment the players, compliment the coaching staff. So you this – optimism is bloomed up and you don't have anything, you know, who knows against themselves. They all look good. And so that's where the hype come from, comes from. It was foolish. We were fooled. We were, we we're bamboozled to think they were going to go 10 and 2, 11 and 1. Um, I think another issue I think I was going to say earlier is that the team's still young. And I think a lot of these stars are good and they're high recruits, but they're still 
sophomores or, or redshirt sophomores and they aren't or, or, or freshmen or redshirt freshmen and they're not where they need to be to contribute at a high level, they're still going against redshirt seniors and, and, and seniors and six-year seniors. So guys like Grimes and, and Kane Rucker, Miles Murphy, Desmond Evans, um, Awesome Richards, um, some of these running backs, wide receivers, they're still young and there's still room for improvement. You know, sometimes you need that third year, fourth year to really get all the potential out of yourself. So, so I think it's turning you- in the right direction, but the season is it's in a dark place right now. And I mean, now it's like bowl game or bust. Like they need three wins and the season gets dramatically harder with Miami, which I think they can win. Mm-hmm. Was, I don't even know the spread on that game. You know the spread on the Miami game? It's like seven. UNC's favored? Yeah. UNC's been favored every game this season. Mm-hmm. And then it's Notre Dame. They'll be dogged that. It's Wake Forest. I imagine that'll be a pretty close spread, but I think Wake Forest will be. Well, it depends if Wake Forest continues to win, because, I mean, they're undefeated. Yeah. You know? I, mean, I think Wake Forest will be favored, but I think it'll be a, like a under five-point spread. And then mm-hmm. they have Pittsburgh, which is really good. Yeah. Um, they have State, who's playing well. And I think Wofford, I think that is it. Six games. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the young players agree with that. Obviously, next year, they're going to be year older. But you potentially lose, and I mean, Sam. Max seems Sam, and that's and that's huge. So yeah. even with these older guys, I mean, what what? How do you kind of feel? Not to kind of put you on Mac Brown's dark side now, but how do you feel about next year if Sam leaves? Even though a lot of these guys are older, um, you gotta move your mic back, Don. It's still a little loud. Oh, a little bit. I thought yeah. you said it was too low. It was. Keep going. All right. How's it now? Nothing. Keep going. Up. Up. How's up. it? How's it now? That's good. That's good. All okay. right. Sorry, guys. Um, we'll see if John cuts that or not. Um, yeah, you lose Sam. Hey, could Sam come back? Probably not. Um, but you lose Sam. You could lose Jordan Tucker, Brian Anderson, uh, Marcus McKeithen, Ty Chandler. Um, you lose some stuff on defense. Ram I feel Hayes. like a lot of these guys are replaceable, that's- except for – well, not that Sam's not replaceable, but you're replacing it's, – it's the, it's the biggest position. It's the most important position. Yeah, yeah. Really, if you think about it, having an unbelievable player at that position is why Clemson did what they did the last 10 years or whatever. Um, so all these yeah, other positions, huge. you know, so, I mean, Drake may Cresswell, regardless of who it is, they're going to be very, very inexperienced. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- this was the year to make it happen. And it's kind of wasted that you have one of the best quarterbacks you ever had in Sam Howe, and he's not having a great season much. That's not his fault, but, uh, and the UNC's not having a great season because of it. Um, so it's unfortunate and yeah, it quarterback's the most important position, like you said, and they're losing one of the best next year. So they'll replace it with a guy who hasn't played much at all. So Drake Mayer, Drake will be Criswell. All right. We're good there. Anything else? We are good. Ready I, mean, to I, mean, I'm I mean, I know this is, you know, I'd be interested to see what kind of coaching changes happen yeah. in the off season. Um, that's always a concern and whether that's a good or bad thing, it's inevitable. And, and Mac has, I think only fired one person so far. Yeah, it was Boone, right? Scott Boone, yeah. So, so are you feeling there's going to be some head rolling? Let's see how the season goes. If they can turn around and maybe win four out of the next six, and go seven and whether it be seven and five, we'll see. I think. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to talk about anybody's job. Yeah, I don't want to see anybody get fired. No, of course not. No, yeah. I'm with you. Um, fans sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and let's get into the top five, right? Are we good? We talked about Preston from Greensboro. We talked about Zach Rice, Andre yeah. Green, and the UNC team. Our top five as we head into the second half of the season, a couple more home games for the Tar Heels, the top five 
traditions, things you do before the game, rituals. I think it's pretty cool to look inside people's lives as they get ready for things that mean a lot to people. People, these games are really important to a lot of people. Um, and as I've been more of a part of the game day, uh, tradition is cool to kind of tailgate a little bit more and see more people out. So let's get right into it. We'll start. I'll read the first one. You just want to go through them. How do we get done? Yeah, we only got two. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, I'm looking at some other ones here. All right. Well, oh, those are old. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about this. I will start yeah. with. Uh, no, you start. with you with Preston? All right. All right. Uh, Preston from Greensboro, who should be well known by now if you listen to this entire podcast. Is he our most famous listener? I don't know. Dale is a regular. So Dale from Waxall, the guy from yeah. Korea. Guy from Korea, and then we Noah. also have Noah, Noah from who. No, no, from Korea, and then um, I God, I forget his name, but he works at U, He works, um, in the medical field at UNC, and gave beat. us some interesting insight. Can't be early on. Mess people's names, and what about yeah. Ding Dong? Ding Dong, where has he been? I think he commented on Instagram recently. Really? All right, go ahead. He's kind of missed. All right, so Preston from Greensboro, number five, a new tradition of drinking Blue Shark vodka on game day. Boom. Uh, number four, visiting Bluehorn Lounge for home games. Number three, always wear my lucky UNC T-shirt. Do you think can, he washes it? I can sign that for you, Preston. Number two, smack talk about the Sunday NFL games with my idiot eagle and giant friends. Go Cowboys. Yeah. Preston being and, a Cowboys fan is the least surprising thing <laughs> after meeting him. <laughs> I'm, um. Still Ross, his girlfriend, while he's doing the post-game podcast. Now you know that this is this is possible. So are you concerned? Uh, no comment on that topic. All right. <laughs> Dale from Waxhaw, a, a regular uh, submitter. One, pick my outfit. If UNC won the previous week, then wearing the same clothes after being washed. If they lost a new outfit. Three, set the DVR to record the game. Very basic. Even if I'm watching live or on TV, I always record in case I want to watch again. I also do that. Three, food. Again, same as the outfit. If they win, it's the same thing. If they lose, the food is out. Had Bojangles for the Virginia game, and now Bojangles. And now no Bojangles on game days. If I'm at the game, kids and I have a pregame meal at the trolley stop. Uh, and that's his only thing. He only has three traditions. Everything else is game day decision based on the flow and feeling. All right, Don, take us through your game day rituals. All right, so I'm going to go with a day that I don't have to do any game day um, obligations for Inside Carolina. No, that's I mean, your I only game day. Okay. All right. Fine. Walk us through your day. Walk us through your day. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it like it like th- that. I'm not actually going because I'm not because I don't always go. Anyway. All right. Um. <laughs> Wake up in the morning and I am checking the box scores and all the stats from the high school games, particularly of UNC recruits. And for those who know, I put together a little uh, score sheet or whatever on Sundays, but I start that process and get the majority of it done on Saturday mornings. Uh, then I'm trying to figure out what the, what the menu is going to look like. And not for me, especially if I'm not, traveling that day i am um I'm, I'm worried about lunch and dinner and uh because i'm, I'm gonna be in the man tower all day long and then number three i'm picking the I'm, I'm going and looking at the games and trying to see what games are going on what tvs particularly what's the main game obviously this is all flexible and subject to change throughout the day 
but uh, I'm trying to see what marquee games are on or what time so I can make sure I have some sort of game plan with, with the, the three TVs, soon to be four TVs in the man tower. Then, based off of the menu, I decide whether I have to do some sort of uh, food run, pick anything up, or I might have to do some chores or whatever to make sure nobody bothers me. And then the last thing is I just get comfortable. <laughs> just sit in front of the couch. If, I'm, if I have uh, friends over, you know, whatever it may be, get that all set up. Um, and that's that. Pretty boring. Take us through your day if you cover a game, if you're working, if you're working the recruiting aspect of a game day. So obviously a lot of it depends on what time the game is. I, I arrive at the stadium three hours before kickoff. Okay. Uh, roughly between three and four hours before kickoff. Um, and then I am through different means finding out what <laughs> recruits are on campus. Okay. Prior uh, pre pandemic, I would go about an hour before kickoff. I would go down onto the field and take photos of the recruits as they were coming out of the tunnel. Um, I think we touched on this before, but uh, because of COVID, they had cut, uh, cut down a lot of our press passes. And I was one of the first people, I think, to get cut. And so uh, Jim Hawkins is doing a fabulous job in filling in for me and grabbing those photos. So that's why we have photos every Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I guess either whether it's Jim or whether it's me getting the photo, uh, taking the photos, when the game starts, essentially, that's when I get the photos. So during usually the, the, the first quarter maybe um, even maybe in the first half i'm editing those photos getting them up up making sure uh people can see at least by halftime who has been on uh campus you're, you're up in day. the press box yes go up in the you. press box so i used to get a seat but then um now i just sit by the cookie tray out in the back out in the back yeah which is another so like the last, I guess it was what the last you would know. I mean, the last two seasons that they've kind of kicked me out out of a seat. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can always grab one. There's always empty seats. You don't cover but, the game though. Yeah. So yeah, and that's fine. It's whatever. Um, and so what I have actually done is because I missed already the first quarter um, or, or the first half, I just go run to my car <laughs> and try to get home in time for the second half. Yeah. And then I I rewatch the or I actually watch for the first time the first half. Uh, on Sunday, usually you're working during the first half. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll go through my game day. And we'll get out of here. I love Saturday mornings. You know, it's kind of the one day uh, other than Sunday where you don't have a lot of work to do in the morning, but there is some stuff we still do. Uh, usually Saturdays I wake up uh, pretty early and do a, a big run or a workout. Usually a big run. We do our long runs on, on um, Saturday morning. So a, a five thirty six six thirty run did eight hour to eight miles on uh, last Saturday in the, in the rain, full pouring rain, just, just chomping through puddles. Then I'll get back, get a coffee. A little How breakfast. long does that take you? Um, did eight miles. It was, I was a pr pretty slow runner. Uh, I can pull up right here, Donald <laughs> pull right up here for you. I did eight miles an hour and 13 minutes. Wow. That's a good time. Yeah. Nine um, miles. I'm pretty slow. All right. So um, come back, coffee, breakfast, and I, I like to watch college game day, or at least kind of have it on as I do other stuff. Uh, the night starts at nine. You can get college game day like, starting at like nine, if not earlier. So yeah. watch a little college game day. I send our newsletter, our, our game day newsletter, actually before that. So 
7 or 8 a.m., try to send a newsletter out, check on work stuff, make sure everything's good on Facebook, Instagram, those kind of things. Then depending on the game time, you know, get the outfit ready, um, you know, what shirt you're wearing, what pants you're wearing. You got to be comfortable, check the weather, make sure whether pants or, or shorts or, or long sleeve or short sleeve or a little sweatshirt or sweater. Um, it's been all short so far. It's been so hot still. Like even on game mm-hmm. days in October, it's been you know above 70 and 80. Uh, then drive and park at Bowls Lot. And then my new tradition now, I go to Coulter's Tailgate. Shout out Coulter. Very hospitable, big-time inside Carolina guy. Him and Dusty and some other people, his wife Kelsey. Great tailgate right there in the Bowls Lot. They're friends with Tommy Ashley. So I stopped by the show, the, the pregame show, go to the Coulter's Tailgate, some other fans. A lot of inside Carolina fans down in the Bowls Lot. So hang out with them, grab some free food, some free drink, uh, hang out, talk, uh, meet the fans sign some autographs. Um, and then after about an hour or so of that head to the bell tower and all my friends tailgates are at the bell tower. So there's a couple spots there that I tailgate with go to Grimes Island, shout out all the, the guys at Grimes Island, which is the tailgate. Uh, they started this year by the bell tower and some other friends there and then head into the stadium right around tip off, kick off, watch the game. And in the third quarter, the end of the third quarter, me and John Bowman, our producer, former inside Shout Carolina out. intern, me and him leave the game. We run to our car, run down the bowls lot, drive to the office, and we start planning for the show. And we meet Sean here, or, or Sean rides with us. And then we watch the fourth quarter from the office. We start mapping out the show. We're taking notes. We're talking. We're looking at stats. We're looking at notes. We're playing out the whole show on the whiteboard. Then we record the show, and that's it. Sounds awesome. There you go. Game made traditions. Guys, thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. Um, remember, if you're missing some of these scoops, make sure to subscribe to Inside Carolina on um, to get uh, Don's Weekly Scoops. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube page and rate and review Inside Carolina Podcast. Next time we talk, it will. Uh, I think Zach Rice will have his decision made. And I guess if we haven't talked since then, he's, he's picked a non-UNC school. Uh, so stay tuned to Inside Carolina for all the coverage of Zach Rice's commitment. We will talk to you next time. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.